This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to my favorite murder, the mini-sode, where we read you back your things. Isn't it fun to do it the same thing every week, every time? You know how it goes. Come on. You go, Georgia. You go first. Okay. Uh, This one's called Hometown. Man falls to his death when sinkhole opens... I'm not going to read the rest because it'll give it away. Okay. Hi, Karen and Georgia. I'm writing with a hometown sinkhole for Karen hometown sinkhole story for Karen. I grew up in the gold mining town of Grass Valley located in Northern California. Hell yeah. This area of the Sierra Nevada foothole foothills was heavily mined for gold in the late 1800s to early 1900s. There are hundreds of old abandoned underground mines, shafts, and tunnels everywhere throughout the area. Ooh, creepy. There were a few in the woods by my house that we would always go explore, drink, and smoke pot, smoke pot in back in high school. So safe. <laughs> I, know. I even had a friend with a mine shaft opening right by the front door of their house that they turned into a part of their landscaping. What the fuck? <laughs> That's lovely. Super awesome, but also creepy. On a side note, I always thought this would be a great place to hide a dead body because I've seen some that dropped hundreds of feet straight down. What? Oh my God, no. My story takes place in 2006 when around 9.30 p.m., a, new, a young newlywed man was reportedly sitting in his living room when he heard a creaking noise coming from the kitchen. He went to investigate when suddenly an old underground mine collapsed and a giant sinkhole opened up right beneath him in the middle of the house. Fuck. He plummeted 10 feet and was covered by the rubble. His pregnant wife was asleep upstairs and was awoken by the crash. She got out of the house safely and called 911. From the outside of the house, everything still looked normal. But when you looked inside, there was an enormous sinkhole in the middle of it. It took rescuers a couple days to recover his body because the ground continued to shift and the sinkhole grew beyond the load-bearing walls of the house. Fuck. They decided it was best to demolish the condemned home before going back in for fear it would collapse on top of them during the recovery effort. The sinkhole had doubled in size by then to 30 feet wide and 20 feet deep. A second sinkhole was also opened up about 50 feet from the home. Such a sad and crazy story, there is often no ground evidence that an old mine could be just five feet below the surface. Oh my God. Love love you ladies so much, Stephanie. Sorry, did the guy die? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. That's, I mean, in the middle of your house. Yeah. Your safe house. What's that noise? Yeah. Your front door's locked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're wearing slippers. Yeah. Everything's rags. Crash. The, The ground opens up in a circle. Did you see, this is a big fear of mine in Orange County, a fucking helicopter crashed into someone's house. Yes. And that helicopter was the helicopter factory that we were touring yesterday. What? That's what I was doing yesterday. During the same day that you were touring a helicopter factory. The same helicopter. One of their helicopters. Yes. 
the R44. Did they freak out? I think so. I, I, they're trying to still trying to figure out if it's operator error because they make all their own um, t- like and all their own parts. Uh-huh. So it's not like they except for the engine, which is a Rolls Royce engine. So everything they make, they make there and they test it in like nine different ways. And we wow. just kept walking down these things. And there'd be a guy standing there going, so I checked this and I put it through this and then we put it, we put dye on it. If any dye leaks through, we know you throw, <gasps> you didn't throw get that part out. up in an helicopter. No, fuck no. Would I did, you? would never have done that. So weird that you wanted to tour a helicopter factory, but wouldn't go up in a helicopter. It's, it's, uh, me and Scotty Landis got this idea where we were going to start trying to learn things actively instead of like, just being like, did you read an article? Like go do it in person. And we have been trying to do this for six months and we finally, it would be like, we'd figure out a place and then one of us would flake or we would call and they'd be like, oh, you need like a JPL where like, I was like, JPL tour. That's amazing. You have to get like top government clearance. Oh, and it takes six months. Oh my God. It's some crazy you shit. You can't so have like, a murder podcast. Yes. They're gonna go I mean, every, yeah, exactly. They're like, no, we don't like your kind around yeah. here. So anyway. <gasps> That's crazy. That's yeah. scary. It was, it was, uh, I mean, what a day. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have, it's the Steven has gone, he's themed us out yeah. because I also have a sinkhole. Okay. Um, and this one actually sounds familiar. So you can tell me whether or not you've told me this story or mm. if we've done it, but it's a creepy neighborhood sinkhole. Um, I was listening to this week's episode, Proclensity, and I was so excited to hear about Karen's passion for sinkholes. I live in Orlando, Florida, where sinkholes are fairly, fairly common occurrence. While the thought of a sinkhole opening up under your house is terrifying, I've never heard of a sinkhole being as creepy as the one in my neighborhood. At the end of the street, there is a sinkhole called Emerald Springs, also known by a way cooler name, Mystery Sink. Mm -mm. The sinkhole itself is very old and most likely first opened up around 200 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's approximately four to 500 feet deep, has an hourglass shape, making it very (gasps) difficult to explore. It basically looks like a prehistoric watering hole. And in fact, the current owners had it landscaped by the same people who did Jurassic Park at what? Universal Studios. Oh, Stephen, that's so you. So, Stephen, do you do you enter the word Jurassic Park <laughs> and then do a search that way? Yeah, it made me really happy. <laughs> You're like, don't attack me. Yeah. Not for this. I'm proud of it. In this, in the past, the area was uh, open to the public as a cave diving spot until tragedy struck twice. <sighs> in August 1970, a local scuba diving instructor named Hal Watts decided to give Mystery Sink with decided to dive Mystery Sink with 16-year-old diver Fred Schmidt. At some point during the dive, Hal became tangled in the safety line <clears throat> they were following into the cave. After freeing himself, he turned to check on Fred, but the 16-year-old was gone. <gasps> A sweeping search revealed Fred's dive light had sunk about 50 feet deeper in the cave. Hal attempted to follow the light, but blacked out before reaching <gasps> it and floated back to the top. Unfortunately, Fred never resurfaced. A few days later, a rescue dive team was called in to recover Fred's body. During the rescue search, another diver, Bud Sims, became tangled in the safety line. The team attempted to help Sims, but he became more, oh, but he became panicked, floated rapidly to the top of the sinkhole, hit his head on the bottom of the boat, then sunk to the bottom of the cave and disappeared. Neither diver has ever been found, and their remains still lie at the bottom of Mystery Sink. <gasps> That's the creepiest thing I've ever heard. Isn't that insane? Yes. The land has since been sold, and the owners closed Mystery Sink to the public. That's a great fucking idea. 
I was lucky enough to be granted a tour of the land by the current owner, um, though you can uh, though you can stand at the fence and look down the sinkhole from the edge of the property. Oh my god, it gives me the creeps to think about the divers' bones floating around the cave. Ooh. Who knows what other mysteries or people lie beneath the surface? Totally. Thank you, ladies, for all you do. I'm a social worker for children, and your podcast has given me so much joy and laughter at the end of many dark days. Aww. Lots of love, Ashley. Oh my god Shit If it's been there for 200 years And there's definitely Other fucking bodies Down there And treasure And treasure So much treasure and treasure bodies If you're like me You're always looking For a story to dive into Whether it's a family drama Or a mystery to solve The key to getting hooked Is the details I need rich visuals And intricate storylines And June's Journey Has that and more June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Maiden. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. 
What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill. If you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom, it's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Okay. I think this is a little more lighthearted, <laughs> but it's called Two Attempted Murders. I ran my sister over with a Barbie Jeep <laughs> plus a stabbing. Yes. Okay. Hi, Stephen, because I know you'll be reading this first. Georgia, Karen, and all lovely fur babies. Boo. Uh, first of all, let me say that my sister and I are now in our 20s and have a great relationship. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. What's coming down the pipe? We even have matching tattoos now. She was the one that introduced me to this podcast, and I thought she might get a kick out of hearing this story if it gets to you guys. I started from the very beginning, and I'm on episode 72 now, and I've binged it all in a month. <laughs> oh, God. So my, sorry. My little sister, Kimberly, is three and a half years younger than me. She was brought home from the hospital on Halloween. I was no longer the only child and my world was all caps wrecked. I was a giant brat and as a result was grounded from going trick or treating in my snow white outfit and my three and a half year old brain decided it was her fault. Oh, no. I spent the next seven or so years subtly trying to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> the most memorable of the attempts was with a Barbie Jeep. I was probably about five years old and had gotten it for Christmas and was one of those that little kids can drive. God, I wanted one of those so bad. It's just for rich kids. I know. That summer, Kimberly and I were riding around in it outside I was driving when I ran <laughs> over a bump and she went flying out unfortunately for her she landed in the path of the Barbie Jeep and I ran her over on purpose <laughs> my five-year-old brain decided this would be the perfect opportunity and I threw the Jeep in reverse and backed over her <laughs> At that point, my mother came out of the house screaming at me. Alas, Kimberly was saved and my plan was foiled. Anyway, the stabbing. <laughs> Stay with me here. My stepsister's mother's husband was brutally beaten and stabbed almost to death during a home invasion. We're going to go call the mom Allison and the husband Jack. The story goes that Allison and Jack were home one evening when intruders came into their home to rob it. I'm not sure if they thought the couple wasn't home, but Jack fought back and was beaten and stabbed so badly medical professionals had to put him in a medically induced coma. The crazy part about all of this is that Allison was home the entire time and said she had no idea this was going on. Holy shit. She was upstairs in the bathroom taking a bath while her husband was on the main floor fighting for his life. What the fuck? That's horrifying. What was she listening to? Oh, Sting oh. fields of gold. Oh my God. Why? Very little was printed in the newspapers about this. There was a mention of the home invasion several months later, but little else. My theory is that Allison hired these guys to kill Jack. He's about 20 years older than she is and very well off. So far, Allison and Jack are still married and living together. But if I were Jack, I would be hella suspicious. <laughs> SSTGM, Ashley. Jesus, Ashley. <laughs> You're fucking starting some shit. Yeah, she is stirring it up. I mean, fuck. Yeah. She's accusing someone of getting of having a murder plot foiled. Casting uh high aspersions. High aspersions. The highest dispersion. However, you know, you can blast fields of gold, but I mean, but 
but why would people i don't think home invasion robberies are like regular you know what i mean like you don't break into someone's house if you're going there just to rob the house when they're home also usually home invasion robberies and i could be totally wrong but in first off the dome is they do that with guns like stabbing right. and beating isn't usually they come in with guns steal the shit maybe pistol whip people whatever but like they say right. stabbing is a much more personal attack yeah and it's like the gun is easy to control people so you don't even have to come near them yes. to let them try to hit you or whatever i mean not to say that home invaders are nice or that we know anything about or it. that we know anything about it but listen but if Ashley can say what she wants. So can we? Yeah, it's our podcast. What the fuck, Ashley? Stop so, trying to kill your sister. <laughs> uh, I love that she, or at least the way you told it, it was like she relished that story yeah. of running her sister over. <laughs> My sister definitely tried to kill me My a ton of time. Yeah. I think that's the way it is. Okay, so this um, email starts, My dad was almost assassinated on his first day of work. Mm. Parentheses, lighthearted. <laughs> Uh, the right Reverend Karen Kilgariff and Sir Georgia Hardstark. Wow. Weird. Just, just coming in from kind of a uh, Knights of the Round Table weird, feel. Weird angle. Yeah. Um, oh, this is from George R. R. Martin. Okay, here's a hometown almost murder for you. I come from a Midwestern college town. Corn, soybeans, basketball, football, astrophysicists, Nobel Prize winners. You get the gist. I wasn't going to guess those last couple ones, but no. Okay. That's not usually on that uh, a list that starts with corn. Mm -mm. Um, Unless they're turning turning it into, what do they make corn into? um, Hydrogen. Corn syrup. Okay. Popcorn. Sure. Maize. My parents moved there from the East Coast and in the 80s, in the 80s, because my mom had gotten a job as an art history professor. She spent the whole plane ride out effectively accepting to effect, effectively accept the job prepping for her talk and only looked out the window on the return flight, at which point she found squares of flat frozen farmland as far as the eye could see. And she was like, what have I done? But she dragged her born and bred Baltimore husband there out there anyway. He's a smart guy. He made the decision early in their marriage to follow her career. My dad didn't have a job lined up when they rolled into the corn maze intellectual capital. <laughs> <laughs> but after a lot of time spent pounding the pavement and not getting hired, he somehow charmed his way into a position as a college counselor at the local community college. Uh-oh. His first day, he shows up, meets his secretary, and then settles down at his desk. Within like five minutes, his phone rings. Hello, he says. Hi, says a man's voice. I have a gun and I'm coming <gasps> to campus to kill you. What? Oh, says my dad. I'm sorry, but guns aren't allowed on campus. <laughs> There's a silence on the under- other end of the phone and the man says, what are the borders of the campus? And so my dad spends five solid minutes on the phone with this guy explaining which intersections connect what? to which parking lots or whatever that make up the campus map. And while he's and meanwhile, he's throwing little scraps of paper at his secretary through the door to try to get her attention. When she finally comes in, he hands her a post-it note that essentially says, a man with a gun will soon be getting in his car at X location. Send the police, please, and thank you. She runs off, and eventually the guy on the phone says, okay, I'll wait off campus until you get off work, and then I'll kill you, and hangs up. Oh, my God. Dad just sits in his office and waits, and I guess fills out the first HR first day HR paperwork. <laughs> Sometime that afternoon, police call him and break the news that yes there was a man with a gun patiently waiting on the edge of campus to kill him obviously the guy actually wanted to kill dad's predecessor which is comforting information to think about as long as uh think about as i hang out on the job market when mom asked dad how his first day went that night he was like well they can only improve (laughs) 
He's an optimistic dude. Oh, my God. <clears throat> the gun guy got released from police custody, but happily did not go on to murder my father. Hopefully he got uh, his life together. He did die eventually, which was obviously ultimately and probably not a happy story. And I kind of feel for him, even though he did briefly want to kill my dad. He clearly had his shit going on. Um, thanks, you guys, so much for this podcast, which has got me through a lot of dark nights of the soul and which uh, has only once caused me to pull over my car on a busy highway because I thought I was about to pass out. <laughs> Uh, I would have been at your show in Kansas City, but instead I was in my parents' basement at a Frank Sinatra party. Regrets, I've had a few. XO Jackie. (laughs) Jackie, you're a good writer. Jackie, that was the best. That's so hilarious to react in that situation of just like, okay, yeah, let's talk about the borders of the campus. Right. Let me go over this with you. Yeah. The person does not expect that. They expect expect you to panic. Yeah. Beg. Yeah. No, it's like, let's do this correctly. Yeah. You can't, if you're coming to campus to kill me, you have to wait. Yeah. And really abide by the rules. Don't get in trouble for having a gun on campus. No, no, no. Save that for the murder. In addition to being, yeah, you're going to add an additional five years to your sentence. Yeah. Keep it low. Yeah. Keep it loose. Keep it low and loose. All right. Well, that's that, right? Yeah. You guys send your, you know, uh, very loose term hometown murders to us uh, at my favorite murder at Gmail. I mean, now it's almost we could start calling this listener mail. Listener mail. We're going all into so many other. Yeah. I mean, there's apparently a lot of sinkhole stories, right, Stephen? Sinkhole found stuff found in walls. First responders. I haven't had first responders in a while. Yeah. Maybe like, can we get a really cool one of those, please? (laughs) Please. Please. Uh, listener mail that doesn't have the same ring though as hometown it's gotta be hometown yeah alright stay sexy and don't get murdered <laughs> bye. bye Elvis you want a cookie